0: Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Harry Maguire versus Johnny Evans. No, oh, Johnny Evans. Harry Maguire
1: versus Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Harry Maguire versus Wes Brown. Wes Brown all day.
0: Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
2: The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at OffTheBall.
1: League of Ireland late night it is Nathan Murphy with you and I am joined I hope and I think by Shane Keegan and by Johnny Ward good evening Shane Nathan how are you keeping I'm very well it has been quite the night in the League of Ireland Chamark Rovers for the second Friday night in a row have been beaten. the champions this time Going down 1-0 to St. Patrick's Athletic. Chris Forrester with the goal. Cracking atmosphere at Richmond Park. But a 1-0 win for St. Pat's who, despite their struggles of the past week, suddenly find themselves level on points with Shamrock Rovers. Derry City, top of the Premier Division after four games. A 1-0 win away at Shelburne. Patrick McElhinney, the only goal in that one. Drogheda United, what a night for them. First win of the season, a 4-2 victory against UCD while it finished one all between Finn Harps and Bohemians. If you're on your way home from any of these games, you know how this League of Ireland late night works right now. It is your phone-in show. We want you to get in touch over the next hour. Tell us what you think about your team's performance. Tell us how you reflect on the opening couple of weeks of the season. Are things going as you would expect it? Are they going a little bit better? Or are some frustrations starting to creep in, particularly... If you're coming home from Richmond Park as a Pats fan who maybe you are a bit confused by these opening performances and likewise as a Shamrock Rovers fan wondering what the hell is going on on these Friday nights. But first, I think there's really only one place to start and that is at Terryland Park in Galway where Johnny Ward, I believe, has finally made it to a game.
3: Indeed, Nathan. This is when uh, this when this show really comes uh, into its own for the likes of me, because I'm here beside Julian Canney, uh, who wants to get on the show last week, but was snubbed by you, and he's driving us back to Dublin now, and I want to check in on uh, everything else that happened. Uh, great night in Terryland. It was just a cracking start to season, Nathan, and like, to see uh, Stephen uh, Walsh come on, having played centre-back, left-back for most of his career, like one of United's long-serving players, to be sent on up front in a in a strange and unprecedented tactical move and to play brilliantly and score the equaliser. Great night in Terryland.
1: 2-0 uh, down, Johnny.
3: Were you calling for John Caulfield's head? I was born abuse at him at half time. And said, Get out of my club. And <laughs> um, I did say, I did say to you, you like this, Shane. I did say to Julian at half time, I was like, We ain't going to be winning any title this season. And now I just can't wait for the next game. Because it was a complete game of two halves. Watford were absolutely dominant. In the first half, I was wondering like we didn't, we couldn't pass the ball, we didn't have any chance, and they left with ten men, barely clinging on, and and thanking Brian Murphy that they clung on uh, for uh, points. So it was uh, by the the
4: final by the final whistle, Johnny, you convinced you are going to win the title. You wouldn't be a man to change your opinion that quick or be be that whimsical, would you?
3: No, I would. That's the whole point, Shane. I actually would. <laughs> um I think I think the spirit that they showed in the second half is just like we we're in the title race and I put it that way, and if we've a title race in the Premier, I think we might have won in the first as well. It was a brilliant battling performance, but good good bits of quality in the second half from United, which was very encouraging. Johnny
4: the the other thing I feel obliged to say because you've given Stephen Walsh such a build up there is, uh, I've I've also seen I've also seen Walshie playing goal. I was at, wow. I was at a game one. I was at a game one night when he was playing for Morview and they had no sub on on the bench when the keeper got sent off. So he he jumped in goal and did a good job there. So he really is the ultimate jack of all trades.
3: Yeah, I was, like, he was kind of preferred a bit, Nathan, to Alex Murphy uh, in some games last season, and, uh, you know, particularly towards the end of the season, which frustrated me. But, like, when, when he did come on, we were saying, we do remember Walshie playing up front, like, must be 10, 12 years ago at this stage, and he wasn't bad. And Alex Murphy was amazing at times tonight. I mean, what a prospect. But Walshie he, he, he took his goal so well. Like, he was he really took it like a striker. And uh, there was a beautiful moment at the end of the game. It's a photo I put up on Instagram where he came over to the near side where there were like There were about 2,500 that game, came over to the near side of the ground, was greeted by his two kids, his young son and daughter, hugged them, brought them onto the pitch, and John Caulfield came over and gave him a hug, and it was just a great end to a beautiful night.
1: Uh, so, so, somehow I ended up muted there,
4: of all things. <laughs> Johnny, did you do that? Shane, what were you watching tonight? I had an absolutely riveting nil-nil draw. Uh, unfortunately, such is, is my new role that the uh, the treaty one was the one that I was, uh, again, watching from the comfort of my home, I'm afraid, but, uh, yeah. It's the
1: game everyone wants to talk about. Cove Ramblers, nil, Treaty
4: <laughs> United, nil.
1: You've got 20 seconds, Shane.
5: Sell it to us. It,
4: no it's not as it definitely wasn't as bad as as the scoreline suggests so it wasn't it was actually a decent game so it was um very very much so it just yeah, it was like it was it was decent up until kind of the end product if that makes sense it was decent up until the end product and and that's where both teams will absolutely needless to say we look into uh be looking to improve i think 3D would take it as a good result they're off to a good start and and Colby's, like you know, I know it's it's the cliche But it is, a, it is a really, really tough place to go Because the pitch is
6: You've gone off mic there Shane Now
4: whatever you've done to yourself Ah, can you hear me? He's
1: back, he's back
4: Sorry, yeah, yeah. Cove is this kind of place where if, if you're chasing a ball on the sideline and the ball goes marching over the line, like, you have no space. You're running straight into a wall. Um, it's one of those kind of places. So it is a tough place to go. Um, but yeah, not, not the greatest game in the world, that's for sure. So happy enough to talk about the, the rest of them.
1: All right, let's get to some of our callers. If this is your first time tuned in to League of Ireland late night, if word is getting around, you're thinking, yes, this is the best way to spend my Friday nights in the company of the three of us. Uh, well, what you got to do is just go down to the bottom left-hand side. You can click on Request. We'll see that you want to talk. Uh, what we do want is that you have your real name there so that we aren't getting too many lunatics of a Friday evening. And just come on, tell us what you're thinking about your game tonight, about your club. Uh, we'll give you a few minutes. We'll give you your airing. You can also use the hashtag LOILatenight. We've kind of rotated with. Late night LOI or LOI late night. We're going to stick with hashtag LOI late night. I'll keep an eye on that if you have any comments as well. And, of course, if you're driving, pull in. You know, We don't think I' would stopping any more of our League of Ireland late night listeners for the second week in a row. So let's go to Bobby Harper, who I'm guessing from your colours on your Twitter account. Bobby, are you a Bulls fan? Hello. Hiya, Bobby. How's it going?
7: Oh, hi. How's it going?
1: Uh, you're um, welcome um, on to League of Ireland I, late night.
7: Re- thank you very much. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just like to talk about the the handing out of yellow cards at the match at the in Parks night. Um, Six in the first half. It was just, it was just crazy. It was, um, it wasn't a dirty game by any stretch. I thought, I couldn't believe. Uh, I think Bo's got two. I think uh, Finn Harp's got four, um, and I. Uh, <sighs> It's hard to see how, how at least three or four of them were given at all, being honest with you. you know who was rapping, Bobby? Pardon? Do you know who was rapping? Oh, do you know I didn't I didn't I didn't get the guy's name, being honest with you. Um and that like uh, um but uh I just thought it was bad even at the very end, uh, when promise was sent off. It was just it's just hard to see. I think Like we're trying to professionalise the league here, trying to keep the standards up, and it's been like the the quality has been so good, and it's improving all of the time. And I think that one of the biggest issues that we have with with the league and with trying to sell the league really is the standard of refereeing. It's just
1: appalling. The issue tonight was it just one of those where he gave the first yellow card too early, and it
7: sort of set a precedent. I don't think that it was that even when the card was given I think that he the, the card just kept coming out that that's what the problem was you know you can give a guy um you know for for making a mistake maybe misreading a situation or that um but like they it was like it was. They just kept coming out. It was like they were like in quick succession, I suppose, which made. It uh,
4: yeah, yeah, I'm just lo- I'm just looking at it here, Bobby. Like it, you look looking at it here, I would have thought there had to be some sort of a skirmish where, there, like, was there a row that a few boys were like? There's literally one, two, three, four, five, six yellow cards in an
7: eight minute period.
4: Yeah. Like, but no, there was no there was no melee around, wasn't
7: no there? no it, i mean it was a tough game it was a there was a great battle between uh promise and um and ethan boyle i thought it was pretty tough like they're fairly uh fairly uh fairly tough defenders on that and um and uh, and i thought like i know he got promise got booked at the for shoving over um one of their defenders out of frustration um but oh, the it, no, no, there was nothing that, that nothing in there that could warrant uh, uh, anything. Like there was, a, it was immediately brought to peace, like by other players. I just thought it was po- it was a pointless exercise, and in the end, promise got sent off for but nothing. How Bobby, did Ollie
3: Morgan you know, not get sent off? <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they actually booked they actually booked um, the the Finn fin Harps um, assistant coach. Uh, I'd say Ollie was uh, was was was, <laughs> was 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 ready in the bullets at, at that point, and uh, and the yellow card just missed him. Bobby, can I
4: can I just ask? I suppose because he's a, a player and have a particular interest in how how did Jordan Flores do for you tonight?
7: George, he did okay. I mean one thing I'll say this, I'll give um Finn Harps a lot of credit. Like they they played their game and they did not allow Bose to play their game. Like it was a really, really tough um tough game I thought for Bose. I thought uh, we can give out about the pitch, which I did on Twitter. The pitch was horrible. I was, it was Typical cold night up in Bali buffet, and uh, and that, but, but like you have to give credit for uh, to Finn Harps for what they did. Jordan Flores played well, you know. He, you know, I, I thought, um, I thought Dawson didn't really get into the game like he could have, but it was just wasn't that type of a game. It wasn't a, mm. a game for a purist.
1: Shane, I, I'm always undecided on the referee conversations because it is. Such a constant talking point in the League of Ireland, and think back to last season and Waterford and the never-ending back and forth that seemed to go on, and I just even remember the night out in Tallow when when Rovers played Waterford and Waterford are so aggrieved at every decision, like only for the only for Bertram losing the rag every two seconds. I wouldn't have thought there was anything wrong with the referee's performance. You know, got most things right, ninety percent right, one or two wrong, but like there's this insane focus which makes it almost like maybe there is a lack of quality around there, but it's very hard to improve when you're under that level of scrutiny constantly that managers, whether you get it right or wrong, are going to hammer you.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. I suppose my big thing with it, Nathan, is I, I can absolutely accept that referees will make mistakes. And, you know, i probably argue, yeah, that at League of Ireland, they probably do make too many of them. For me, the big, big thing is how they conduct themselves as a person on the pitch. I mean, you can you can have uh, you can have a referee who has a bad night, but so long as I just I just love a bit of communication from them. Like there's a reason why Alan Kelly was head and shoulders the best referee in the league. Like uh, he, could, I suppose one better way of putting it, he the sort of fella like that when you met him, you actually wouldn't mind going for a pint with him he could nearly have screwed you over and you'd still have brought him to the pub and and bought him a pint because he just had a communication style for me, I know some people disagree but for me, Neil Doyle, I I like Neil Doyle for that same reason. Neil Doyle, again, he won't get everything right but, you know, he'll explain to me what his thinking was and he will say, I might have got that wrong but here's what I was thinking and, Once I'm getting that as a manager, once I'm getting that, I'm reasonably happy. (laughs) And for fans, it's probably a different
3: day. I know a couple of referees and uh, I I, I think what Shane says is spot on. It's the referees who are aloof and arrogant and don't explain themselves. Like, we all make mistakes. Refereeing is extremely difficult. And you're talking about the faster the game gets, the harder it is at times. But after Bowes Shamrock Rovers last season, when there was that controversial sending off Finerty, which I thought was a red card, and I was texting Paul McLaughlin afterwards and he was saying, yeah, looking back now, I'm not really sure. Like, and he was... Happy to say himself then that, like, you know, I uh, it was a big decision and I'm not even sure myself I got it right. And I admire that because, like, referees have extremely tough decisions to make and uh, it's just once they kind of conduct themselves with, like, a bit of, um, you know, a bit of bit, a bit of decency and talk to players, I think players will, will happily think, yeah, okay, you might have gotten that wrong, but at least you're a man enough to say maybe I did get it wrong. Uh,
1: did he know you were going to repeat what he told you? Um, <laughs> it's,
3: it's a year ago now, so, like... <laughs> we probably don't care Um, is that the statute of limitations for referee conversations (laughs) there there are two referees I kind of we talked a bit in the league and one of them is is Alan Patchell and he was doing the game tonight in Terryland and he did his first Premier Division game uh, the sprinkler game in Belfield the other night And funnily enough, he had a really, really uh, debatable call uh, where Wordsworth was on a yellow card and he brought down Mikey Rowe in an an advanced position. And for me, it was an 80-20 yellow card and he didn't give it. And I'll be intrigued now if he's going to come on the show. I might try and get him on the show to explain himself because uh, it was a big, big call. But uh, the general point being made about there being too many yellow cards, I think I'm sure you agree, Shane. I think yellow cards are just given out for far too many honest challenges when the referee can just let the game go.
4: Yeah, yeah, 100% and and you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's it's, it's the referee getting a call wrong and sometimes it's the referee trying to make sure that he takes the box of the assessor up in the stand. And I mean, that yeah. is a big big part of, it. you know, you will meet the assessor at all of these games. Um and so, you know, I'd say there are definitely instances, Nathan, where a referee is going Oh, I really don't want to fill out a yellow card here, but I'm going to get a wrapping the knuckles from the assessor if I don't, because by the letter of the law, that is a yellow card.
1: I'm looking at a replay of the red card. Was it a straight red or a second yellow? It's in the last minute in Galway. Yellow, I think. No, up in up in Finn Harps. Oh,
3: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a late red in Galway as well, which was a straight oh. red.
1: Bobby, was that was that a straight red or a second yellow? I think it was a second yellow. Either way, it, it, he's obviously sent them off for what he believes is an elbow. Yeah. And it's more a 50 50 challenge where, which we see a million times, his arm is up. There's no swing of the elbow whatsoever. No. So uh, I've, I've played devil's advocate to defend the defender referee, but I think, uh, yeah, he got that one badly wrong. Uh, Bobby, next Friday night, it's going to be an absolute sellout at Tallah Stadium Rovers against Bowles. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be on the TV, but uh, a win for Bowles. And you go above Rovers five games into the season.
7: Yeah, I mean, I, honest I was thinking during the middle of the the, the match there, um, what we would have, we could have lost that match um, tonight um, because we had a terrible night, first nine games uh, uh, last year. Um, so far this year, we've uh, we we picked up two draws and we've uh, beaten Pats who are fancied at the start of the season. Um, I think going to Rovers after them losing two in a row, uh, it's going to be very difficult for us, um, but. I think on a good pitch, and I think if we play like we did against Pat's, and that's that side that we have, we'll have had, and, you know, another game tonight to kind of gel. Um, I know Max, Max Murphy made his debut tonight, so guys are getting some minutes on. I think, um, I think we'll put it up to them next week.
1: All right, Bobby. Thanks a million. Call in again to League of Ireland late night. Bobby there watching Finn Harps against Bowles, where it does seem the referee is going to be the main talking point We had a scatter of yellow cards in the first half, a late red card as well. We'd love to get some... I don't think we've had a Shamrock Rover supporter on yet. Have we had one? I think we might have had one on the first night. But two wins from four games, beaten tonight by St. Patrick's Athletic after the defeat to Derry last week. Chris Forrester scored the only goal tonight. Looked like an absolutely cracking atmosphere. Full house down at Richmond Park. I know you two didn't get to see the game. I was watching this. And while Rovers were probably the better team in the first half and created a couple of good opportunities for Ronan Finn and Danny Mandreu, it wasn't vintage stuff again. And even when Forrester got the goal, you sort of expect Rovers as what we think and what we believe to be the best team in the league with all the attacking talent they have, with all the experience they have, that they go and lay siege on that same Pat's goal. And never really happened. Just The one right for a patch, Nathan. I thought Forrester was exceptional. The front front two never massively got into it, uh, I didn't think. The goal, I don't want to say it was against the run of play. It was from a set piece. It was poor defending for the set piece uh, for Forrester to get the goal. Uh, it was more, I think, on Rovers and, and who didn't perform. You know, Jack had a... You know, much quieter game than he had on Monday night, probably summed up by a free kick right at the end, pretty much the last kick of the game, a free kick on the left-hand side of the penalty area, literally an inch outside the area. Everybody is piled into the box waiting for this special delivery, and it has gone about 300 yards straight over the top of the crossbar. And maybe we're seeing some some of the signs of some of the issues, uh, Johnny, that Stephen Bradley faces, because a lot of people were wondering what graham burke's celebration was like on monday night when you know i need to be on the pitch he was back on the bench despite two goals off the bench already at uh, danny mandrea was taken off through the second half to be replaced by graham burke he didn't look happy coming off it looked as though the rovers backroom team were ha- having to have a word with him so it, 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 it's not perfect at rovers and there's an opportunity for bows next friday night
3: Yeah, like that. I think that was the one thing people, and you may have said people were clutching at straws, the one thing that they could pick on Rovers this season, say, like, they have so many midfielders and, you know, attacking players that that they have to keep happy, but. I don't know. Like I was probably accused of writing a bit too much into the president's cup, but I thought they were. They didn't look great that night. I didn't think they looked great in general in the league sensitive. And if if Pat's had lost tonight, Nathan, they'd be. They'd have dropped nine points out of twelve. And the fact that Rovers have already lost two games, it really sets it up nicely. And this will be a little bit of a challenge for Stephen Bradley because you know you can see that whatever the and Brock celebration was about, he didn't look happy. Um, and a lot of their players are probably. You know, they want to play every week, and they're probably playing a bit in and out as a consequence of that. And Jack coming back in, as much as Jack is brilliant, that does kind of move the jigsaw pieces around a bit elsewhere. And it's a massive win for Pats. And despite the fact Owen Doyle has yet to score in four games, um, they'll be happy enough after the week they've had. Like, I, I
4: know I'm stating the obvious here, Nathan, but, but it, it makes Stephen Bradley's job so much harder in that when, you're, when you are... When you're winning games, okay, and let's say Rovers got off to a start and, and they won first three or four in a row, like those players who are unhappy, like you just have to grin and bear it, don't you? Like you can't, you know, you can't kick up a fuss. You just But you grin
1: and bear it for you grin it. and bear it for a month. But if you're you
4: gra- if you're, gra- a- if, you're gra- if you're Graham
1: Burke now and you're sitting on the bench and you watch Rovers lose two of their first four games, you're not going to sit quietly but, for too much longer. What,
4: no, that's exactly my point. My point is, if they go, if they had gone and won them, well, now you you, you have no complaints. You can't complain because you're like, well, he keeps picking the winning team. He might be leaving me out, but the team he's picking is winning. But when, now you've got a group of fellas who all feel they should be in the starting 11, you've got probably 20 fellas who feel they should be in the starting 11, and rather than having to sit there and just suck it up because you're winning every week, now they're all... Now they're all braver. Now they're putting out their chest. And now they are. They feel like they can go and, and, and knock on, on Stephen Bradley's door and say, you know, you know why was I left out? And, and Sherlock didn't show in the performance, didn't show in the result. And, you know, it, it just, I know obviously winning games makes, or losing games makes life harder, but particularly in the position that he finds himself at the moment in, in not that he's going to try and keep everybody happy, but trying to, give, trying to keep everybody in line is probably the best way of putting it.
1: The big loser tonight at Richmond Park was actually myself because on Sunday I'm commentating on the Manchester Derby with Brian Kerr and we're going to meet each other in Dublin Airport at 9am on Sunday morning and we probably will be in each other's company for a good 15 hours straight and he is going to be un- insufferable after that. But I am going to teach him how to use Twitter and next Friday night I'm hoping we may get the Brian Kerr debut on League of Ireland late night. If we had him on tonight I'd say we'd be here till about
3: 3 in the morning. It's, it's a mad win. I mean, they had lost three games in a row after the start that they've had. Like, we all overreact to a couple of sequences of results. But, like, they had a really tough start to the season. Shells away wasn't easy. And they did three difficult games. And, you know, I thought Tim Clancy could have a very frustrated figure Monday night in his post-match interview. But um, massive for them to bounce back. And, like, you know, we didn't want... Um, you know, we, we had Declan McBinnett on our podcast last season, Nathan. One of the things he was saying that the League of Ireland badly needed in terms of TV was a, a title race. And yeah. like, we haven't actually had that many of them, really, since kind of Cork and Dundalk. It's been a bit of a formality in some respects most of the time. And it's very early days. But at this stage, for Rovers, have dropped two points, two two defeats already. They look shaky enough defensively at times as well. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic for the title race.
1: If you were at Richmond Park tonight, a Pats fan, a Rovers fan... Just click on the bottom left-hand corner request. We'll see you there. We'll bring you on. You can give your thoughts on everything that we're talking about. It is League of Ireland late night. You can use the hashtag LOI late night as well. Just before we move on, we're going to talk to Ian Heaton about UCD. We've had a really disappointing start to the season. Shane, the the one thing is that maybe Stephen Bradley can look at with all the talent that there is, is a change in system? So he's playing still with the 3-4-2-1. And... Almost in every game this season, the wing-backs, it feels like they've really struggled. And down that left-hand side in particular, Ferugia again has picked up another injury. Uh, Andy Lyons tonight, they're asking them to play so far advanced that they're constantly being caught on the counter-attack. Do you look at the Rover squad at the moment and think there is another way of playing?
4: I don't, to be honest. No, no, no. I I get where you're coming from, but I think... um... I think Bradley and Cronin's focus on the training ground will be to do do what they're doing but do it to a higher standard. I mean, you know, they've got so many centre midfielders that how do you like it's hard enough to squeeze them all in when you're playing a box four. Imagine changing from a box four to a midfield three. Now how the hell do you they go about squeezing in the amount of players that they've got in, in terms of centre midfield areas? I, I think things took off for Shamrock Rovers when when Stephen Bradley kind of found that formation I I do think it is the formation that best suits their players I think they're struggling a little bit at the moment I don't think that'll lead him to abandon the system. I think it'll lead him to just try and why is it not working at the moment? How do we do this better? I, I would be really surprised to see him abandon the shape, to be honest with
3: you. Junior was pointing out as well just on the way to the game, they're not absolutely loaded with defensive cover in the central three positions. The the sub goalkeeper isn't isn't especially highly rated, We're at the top of who so himself didn't have a great season last season. So like if you look at Pats, Pats have plenty of cover in terms of their sub-goalkeeper was a good goalkeeper had a very good season last season um, the problem for Pats might be in midfield if, if things uh, you know if the victory is Forrester or Lennon but uh, we, haven't re- we haven't mentioned Derry that much Nathan Like that was a massive win for them and I, I think Derry defensively have been very good so far I think that's three clean, one goal per season in their last three um, and Rovers that dressing room will just be an interesting place tonight
1: Derry fans get in touch if you're driving home you've probably got about another hour before the Roman charges kick in so give us the call now click on the bottom left-hand corner we're going to go to Dermot Looney but a quick shout out I think for Anang in the Pats goal as well because uh we questioned him quite a bit after the President's Cup didn't have a good night that night had one ropey moment tonight but uh I thought it was really impressive actually in goal for Pats tonight so another bright spark uh for them uh Dermot Looney is with us uh St. Pats fan uh, a happy St. Pats fan because as Johnny said Dermot you know, if you had lost tonight, it's three defeats in a row, and after all the, I won't say hype, but there was an expectation that Pats maybe maybe could be one of those clubs to run Rovers close, and here you are four games in, level on points with them.
6: Yeah, hi, lad. How are you? Um, the show is great, by the way. Keep up the good work, uh, and hello to Johnny. Um, look, I think Pats were excellent tonight. I think one thing you mentioned, Nathan, and I think something that's absolutely worth noting for, for any fan who maybe didn't get to see the game was how good Chris Forrester was. Um, He was by far the best player on show tonight. I mean, we're all having a bit of a laugh saying how much better he was than Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne showed showed a few touches of his class. I think that last kick he had, though, was being found down at the Black Lion uh, at the crossroads in Inchi Cor. But Forrester was just magnificent tonight in terms of his fitness, in terms of getting stuck in, which is you know an element people have criticised him about. But if we watch him closely in the past couple of years, he's really added that to his game in terms of his tackling was fierce tonight. He scored a headed goal, which is rare enough for him. And he was excellent. But J- Johnny mentioned there about Jamie Lennon. Now, Jamie Lennon didn't play tonight. He wasn't on the bench. So young Adam O'Reilly, who's on loan, um, started in centre midfield with Forrester. And I thought he was absolutely superb as well. His energy was, was brilliant. Um, he, he helped kind of get the ball from the back four, which has been a problem for Pats in the past few games, uh, and run the show. And that energy kind of helped him. So look, you know, Roman's got scored score, a few chances, but, but I thought Pats were decent. Did a, did a banquet come back in? No, a banquet wasn't playing at all, John. He didn't come off the bench. He was on it. Um, and I think a lot of people expected a banquet to come in at right full for Pats. Jack Scott had a very difficult game against Bowles. People would have seen mm. the goal. But he did really well tonight, and that's great for a young fella like him as well. Uh, high pressure. Another just thing I wanted to mention as well, Nathan, was the crowd um, sold mm. out. Great atmosphere. I mean, Richmond Park doesn't sell out very often. It's, I don't know, five or ten times I can remember Richmond selling out. So. Really great balls around the place. Really great crowd. Um, I don't think Pats are going to be challenged for the title this year, but that's a great win for them. Um, and, and maybe kick things on from there. They were definitely more solid at the back tonight. I think that's the, the big advantage. But I think that solidity also comes from central midfield. Dermot, Dara Burns was
1: brilliant at times as well tonight. We Everyone saw him opening night of the season and that goal against Shells. But 19 years of age, like the quality of his passing and also just the ambition of his passing, always looking to take that little bit of a risk.
6: A, a real talent special talent absolutely and look you know he, he cuts inside on that left so he plays on the right hand side as people know he cuts inside on that left and he shoots or he crosses but he's well capable of going outside on the right and he got in some lovely balls from that particularly in the first half i think he'd lines and in, in, in tatters on that side in the first half particularly so look i think Pats are going to be really good going forward this season i think there's a lot of options there and, and different ways of mixing it up we were really poor against both on on Monday night. Um, poor against Sligo last week, so there will be inconsistencies in a new team. But um, that was great tonight. We're all delighted. We're all happy enough. I think Rovers are right, are nowhere near where they were last season, just in terms of their their confidence. They would have scored late goals all last season. I mean that was the fear, and, and yet yeah, you saw what happened with Terry last week. So I think Rovers are, are are definitely up against it this year. They're still probably favourites, but uh, that wasn't a great great Rovers performance at all tonight. I don't think that's an that fear really necessarily from them. Shane, uh, Darren Burns obviously got a lot of people talking
1: after the first night of the season. I, I know you didn't mm. see the game tonight, but I, 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 he's obviously got a, you know he's got a bit of trickery in him. But it was it was his passing that stood out for me tonight. Actually, that you know he was he was trying a little bit of everything. Like he's still only he's still only nineteen. In terms of those young talents that are in the league at the moment, where is he for you? <laughs>
4: All right, right, right up there. Um like it, yeah, your description of it is is good. Whether it's whether it's going at players or whether it's trying to to find the pass. I mean, like the word, if you if you're to sum up Darren Burns in one word, it's, it's it's fearless. Like he is just completely fearless. Like he seems to play with a complete kind of freedom that, you know, I don't care if something goes wrong here or there. I'm just keep giving me the ball and I'm going to keep trying to make something happen. Um and look, he's he's an absolutely cracking player. Now it is very very interesting to hear Dermot talk about about Adam O'Reilly. I saw Adam O'Reilly a couple of times for for Waterford um last year, and I did. I thought he was a very very good player. Um, and I I I was wondering would he make an impact at Pats? I definitely thought he had the ability to do that. So that's that's really interesting to, to hear that he, he he came in and did such a good job. But um, yeah, no, Dara, look, um, it's one of those ones we often say it, don't we, as League Berlin fans that. Uh, you need to get out and see such and such a fella before he he unfortunately probably disappears out of our league. Grab the opportunity while it's there, and I mean that one hundred percent applies to Dara Burns because you know it's very very hard to see Dara Burns being a League of Ireland player in, in twenty twenty three. So grab grab the opportunity while you can.
3: He's a fantastic footballer. Um, James Bank was a fantastic footballer. Um, Watford had a guy on tonight. Apologies now, because I can't remember his name. I think he hasn't done his junior search. Yes, uh, he started on the bench tonight. We United that Alex Murphy left back. Um, you know, a lot of people have spoken about Alex. He played underage for Ireland. He was absolutely outstanding at times tonight. He, for a player who's effectively a centre back, his confidence on the ball was amazing. And funnily enough, Nathan, the the club who really over the last year and a base, would be bringing in the fewest players in terms of uh, playing time. on the pitch from their camp, are probably of Rovers.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Rovers would argue that maybe it's because their best players are uh, going abroad at a slightly younger age than some of those that are staying yeah. here. Uh, we should we should uh, just pure clarity here, Johnny, because we have had agents on the line already over the last <laughs> few weeks. You know, they're coming on, bigging up their players. Uh, do you have shares in Alex
3: Murphy? Um, I actually own 100% of him um, he doesn't know that but uh, no, he's a great lad he's from uh, Anna Down um, which is kind of the other side of uh, Loch Corrib in Galway more of a football area to be where um, what's his name the famous uh, footballer uh, famous Galway footballer Nathan you know Anna? sorry well, Michael Don Michael Donnell Donlan, Donlan. uh, oh, Michael
1: Donnell's done more
3: he's he's he plays them now uh, his name escapes me really good footballer Damien Comer Damien Comer's from Anna Down so uh he's he's um it's been interesting uh, Nathan, because i I've, I've kind of followed his progress and i know that agents have been swarming all over him and for a guy who's like not long term uh he's he's not long term what 17 um you know it's it's an awful lot for him to take in and he's been linked with various clubs but like it's where the last time i was kind of this excited about a going United player was Ryan Manning but the the sad reality of both of the situations is that you know that they're going to leave
1: uh, hey, is Julian canny still alongside you, Johnny? He
3: is indeed. He's tell him he'll down. be our la- tell him he'll be our last caller tonight. He was on
1: giving out. He was there for waiting for about forty minutes last week.
3: We we'll yeah. definitely get one well, tonight. Yeah, well, like for for both of us, in fairness, we were probably there when Stephen Walsh made his debut or one of his early games. Um, you know, a night like this is kind of special to see a player who's a proper proper hometown hero go up and get the the equaliser and be with his kids after games. Fantastic to see it was like the old days.
1: Dermot, before we let you go, you talk about Pat's there, and you know, realistically, not being title contenders, and maybe we were all guilty of. Well, firstly, the cup win last season, not taking enough into account of the turnover players and the change in management and how disruptive that would be. And there was probably a bit of a buzz after the President's Cup final. You know, is it preseason? Is it not preseason? That gave people a sense that maybe actually Pat's were were further along than they are like, at the
6: end of this season. Take away the Cubs. At the end of the season, league position, what what leaves you happy with Pats? Europe. Nathan, Europe, it's got to be the aim for Pats. Look, I'm not saying, I think you get to know where teams are after the first series of games. You really get a sense of where the other teams are. Pats of Paddy Barra, for example, to come back in. I think he's really going to make a difference when he comes back in at centre-half because there's just a little bit lacking there in terms of the defence and there's also a little bit lacking in terms of the midfield directly in front of them um, and Adam O'Reilly as I I was pointing out there tonight was, was very good in that kind of sixth role and maybe he's going to be starting there I think for for the weeks to come but it will take Pats a while to gel I think that the fans at, at Richmond are a little bit more patient than, than fans not too far away from us um, and I think people will wait You know, oh, I think people one, will late wait. Dig. one late dig in there uh, has it has to be done it has to be done Derby win you have to do a bit of slagging
1: alright alright well let's see uh, uh about a man who may not be too patient right now. Alan Kelly is with us on League of Ireland Late Night. How are you, Alan? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Can you hear us there loud
5: and clear? I can indeed. I can indeed. Uh, are you a Shells fan? I am, unfortunately. Uh, so uh,
1: Sorry, Sorry, I, I apologise. I'll be um, shot for that. Uh,
5: Damien duff Shelburne, obviously. <laughs> yeah, as, as we have come to be known.
1: <laughs> uh, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Well, listen, again, much like is getting uh, overexcited, we sort of believe that the Damien Duff factor might add something to Shelburne that's not just being a newly promoted side. It hasn't mm-hmm. really been the way so far.
5: Uh, no, it's been... If anything, it's been quite the opposite, which is sad to say from my own point of view. I mean, so it's like some of the football we're playing is, is desperate. It's genuinely walking out of the game tonight I'm wondering where we're going to get a goal from. Um, and, yeah, like, it, it really is tough to watch at the minute. I mean, it, like I, it, it, And it's funny to say as well, because Derry tonight, I mean, I know everyone is tipping them as kind of title contenders, that kind of thing. They're obviously going to challenge Rovers. But it felt like they were there for the taking. Um, but at the same time, never looked like we were ever going to trouble them, which is really, really worrying.
3: And did he, did, did Duffer bring on, did Damien Duff bring on a takeoff Moylan in the first half?
5: Yes, he did. And and that was a kind of a question around the stand. We didn't really know if he was,
3: if it he was been injured been or not. Sure sure sure
5: it had to be, because it, it was the same thing as every other kind of game has gone, where Jack is picking up the ball from deep and he's beating a couple of lads and, Kind of getting everyone off their seat, but I mean, I, I, at the time you brought him off, it had to be means. be you know, like, because he was the only one offering anything, as he
4: has been in the last couple of weeks. So, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, even, even, even the timing off but I mean, forty three minutes. I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't, yeah. you don't make a change on forty three minutes unless you, no. you absolutely have to. It had, it had to be an injury, surely.
3: I guess, yeah. Alan, you you got to be realistic as well. Like, you're playing Derry, uh, you lost to Pats and Derry. It's not the end of the world. You've got four points otherwise.
5: No, not, not at all. It's not the end of the world. Um, but, I mean, but also standing there and watching it, like, they do look like they can be beaten, which is the which is the sad thing about it is that you can get at them. Um but like it's just so disappointing that we offer absolutely nothing when we turn the ball over and go forward. It like there is nothing there. I mean, even Alan,
4: you're, yeah, you're you're definitely you're definitely not going to be free scoring, really, are you? Like when you no, know that, you know, there's, there's I, I'd I'd be interested to know how many. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many you know current League of Ireland goals are actually in the squad at all. To be yeah, honest, it, with you. and again, that's if, you, know, if that's you could,
5: not to... genuinely, if you could go on onto Bet Three Six Five right now. And put a few quid on who's going to be the lowest scoring team in the league. Yeah. We have to be close because any time we turn the ball over, we look like we are bereft of on yeah. anything.
8: And
3: Holly Hart will I don't be like, on saying that Finn Harps are the value <laughs> <work>. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, well, but I, I do think they'd, they'd even beat us. I mean, you've got a goal tied against, and I'm standing there talking. And I'm like, when is the next time we're going to see a goal in this stadium? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> It's so hard to say, but at the same time, it really looks like we're going nowhere. It's stuck in the mud kind of, whenever we get it. Um, come on, it's four games into the season. It is. At the same time, it is. And I'm trying to be optimistic. Even when we, we go 1-0 down and we're turning it over, and there's so many of us there, which is great to see because, you know, I mean, in years gone by, especially with being such a yo-yo club, like, you know... um. Alan, answer me this. If
1: Ian Morris was still in charge and Shells had four points from their opening four games and had played mm-hmm. the way they had played, would you have been more satisfied than you were under Damien Duff where because of Damien Duff the footballer and the dream and the magic that goes with Damien Duff, your expectations have just been raised unrealistically?
5: I don't know about them being raised unrealistically. I think it's... Um I mean if if you if you're to look outside, it it like I mean, how many players have left and come in, you know, it's it's a lot of players last year that would have been kinda of the creative spark. I mean I mean there's a lot of us standing there saying, Why the hell is Ryan Brennan got out of the squad? Um, especially in matches like tonight where you're turning the ball over and you're just booting it up to Sean Boyd. I mean, as for for all his endeavor, He's not gonna do much with it when he gets it to his feet, like he's looking to knock it off to somebody or do anything with it. But they're like, it's it's Alan, it's remind really me,
4: Alan. Who who was your centre forward last year?
5: Last year was Mikey O'Connor. Oh
4: yeah, yeah he yeah. was the he was
5: the main man, and then it, like outside of him, it was Yo Yo Maddie who we were kind of like. He didn't seem to be fancied by Morris, or for whatever reason. Um, I think that uh, in saying that now, I think, and I was actually just speaking to a friend of mine who's a, who's a big Moles fan. Um, I think the big loss this year has been Yasin Aya,
3: who's obviously stayed with Morris and gone to Morford. Yeah, uh, and
5: he played tonight,
3: nice and um, he, was, he was actually taken off. He did a relatively white game. Did he? Did he? I
5: mean, like last year, I like I also would be. Outside of following the League of Ireland, I would, I'd be watching Chelsea, my dad's a big Chelsea fan, and I remember he made his debut for Lyton Forest against Chelsea, and he came on, and he just kind of ran rings around people. And then when he signed for Chelsea, I was like, what the hell is going on here? This fella is shit hot. Um, and he was brilliant last year. I mean, I thought he was very good. He was very direct. He took people on, which is, I mean, contrary to what Chelsea have had in the past, I mean, like, you've got to love him. He's never going to beat him out of pace. But in a, uh, he he looked brilliant last year. So I was very surprised that he got to, he got
4: let go. You know, Alan, can I can I ask you one other question? There, I, I know you're probably focusing on your own team more than, than the opposition. But the, the one that intrigues me, um, the one that intrigues me for Derry at the moment is is Brandon Kavanagh. Um I, I was at the, the Galway Bray playoff game last year, I know Johnny was at as well and he, he scored an absolutely superb, superb goal. And when when Derry signed him and I don't know we might whether if we have any Derry listeners on, they might give us a better a better take on it. When Derry signed him I thought that's that's an interesting one, but you know, will he get will he get enough game time to make an impression? Brandon Kavanaugh has played every minute of every game so far for Derry this season. Which, uh, you right. know, you're, by and large, the creative players, the number 10s in teams, tend to find themselves in and out of the side. And when Derry have such a a wealth of you know, talent that they've got there at the moment, he, he must be he he must be really, really flying. Did, did you notice, did, did, did he catch the eye tonight, or did you notice much about like, him either way tonight?
5: I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I know a lot about him from Simon Bray, um, <laughs> but at the same time tonight... It, it genuinely it was like one of those games where at like half time I was almost singing like we're gonna win nil nil like you know what I mean because it genuinely looked like nobody on the pitch could score a goal. Um now in the second half they picked it up they kicked it up a little bit. Um but like <sighs> I'm standing there now, and as I said, like again, meeting balls fans after the match, it was like they they don't look that like they would trouble any of the top teams and um, now also at the same time i mean i thought our defense like stood stood pretty strong against them like O'Driscoll, i know a lot's been said about him from shells fans in the last few weeks and um, but i think a lot of it is kind of unwarranted just because of the way he kind of moves himself he kind of runs he looks a bit gangly and awkward but he's actually very effective and um, but other than that like they they really really didn't look like they create a lot their goal came from like it was very scrappy, you know. It was just the tap in from a parry from Webb and Gold, who also has come in for a lot of criticism, and um, which I don't think he would have come in for if it wasn't for Brendan Clark being the man behind them. Uh, but other than that, I mean, cabinet like he, he didn't look for it, but then again. And, I like could say that for any of the, the times in the back of
1: the pitch. Connor Casey was in touch on Twitter. Uh, he's using the hashtag LOI late night, saying Moindam was injured, looked like a hamstring. But he agrees. Yeah. he agrees with Jalen, saying that it's hard to see where the goals have come from. And Dave Butler, right. I'm not sure if he's talking about shells, asking about the kickout situation. Why is there two in the box and then going long?
5: <laughs> I, don't, I really, really don't know. And it's, it's a modern that- phenomenon. It really is because I was standing there at half time and I was about to get my chips and uh, Dan Carrot walked by me and I was looking at him and I was like, "Like, what the fuck would you be doing different if you were standing on the pitch there because they offered it after, like, I, I genuinely, like, I, mean, I went out to UCD on Monday, I thought that was bad, but mother of God, they really, really dishearten you because it looks like there's no goals coming from absolutely anywhere. Um, I know the against- often scored the goal. In my opinion, a bit of a tap in off a draw a mistake. Um, didn't see the pitch tonight, and Mark Coyle scored the goal. Obviously, off that breakaway. Who, without like without trying to be too harsh, is probably a bit. He was brutal tonight. Against Robbie. I'm, I'm, glad glad you weren't, I'm
2: glad you weren't too too I'm harsh. Glad
5: to be, I'm not sure I hope he's not listening, but I'm not trying sure to go for his throat or anything because I do think he's a really good player in, in the position that he's meant to do, as in like kinda of sitting in front of the back and just kind of breaking things up and knocking it off. Hey Durbin, I do have to say, he's become a quick fan favourite. Um surprise outside of that. They they like it really does look worried. And I know they like we've done doc next week and then we have pose on Monday and it's just like Where on earth are we gonna go?
3: Yeah. I only hope to get that lovely doc.
1: You're gone, Johnny. Johnny it's has Johnny. some words of wisdom. Uh Alan, on the plane again, again, is he? Yeah, God knows. God knows <laughs> he's on the bus. He's probably been sent. As long as he's not in my house in Galway we all my concern and things like this. Johnny Ward, just for the look <laughs> of our late light like listeners, just just to let him know. Uh, every so often on a Friday night I get a text at uh, half 11 from Johnny Ward Sitting on my couch in my home house In my home house With my mother having just made him a cup of tea and a sandwich He's like oh I'm staying the night Now there's nothing like going on as far as I know But uh, yeah he's basically the favourite son now It's very upsetting <laughs> I don't even have bedroom there now It's now Johnny Ward's room Pictures of Johnny <laughs> around the house It's very upsetting You're Better uh, off off. Uh, Alan great stuff Thanks a lot for uh, Calling into League of Ireland yeah. tonight. If you yeah. want to get on We're going to rush through A few All more the callers uh, Just click on to request Down in the bottom Left hand corner And we'll get to you Shane just before we move on From Bowles uh, Damien Duff Is four games into His first job In senior management Is it not understandable That maybe he is Being quite conservative And quite defensive And sort of building From the back
4: Of course did. 100% Of course I mean, I at the start of.
1: You're gone now, Shane.
4: We're having all
1: sorts of technical issues. You You're not even on the bus. You're not even on the bus.
4: <laughs> can you hear me now?
1: I can, I can, just about. Okay. Yeah, Talking no, to your can... microphone there.
4: I am, I am. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Um, yeah, look, he, there's so many new players there, Nathan, for a start. And then, obviously, a new manager coming in as well. I said at the start of the season that the Shells will have a far, far better second half of the season than they will first. And that's still the case. That's absolutely still the case. I mean, there'll be, I'd be very surprised. There seems to be some level-headedness over over there. There'll be nobody pressing any panic buttons yet, I don't think, you know.
1: All right, let's go to Shane Kennedy, uh, who's been waiting to come in. Apologies, Team Hayden, who's just hopped offline, A UCD fan, who I'm sure, is bloody frustrated with life after their defeat up in Drogheda. But as uh, Shane Kennedy is with us, welcome to League of Ireland late night. What do you got to say for yourself, uh, Shane?
0: Can you hear me, lads? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Let me guess. You don't know where the goals are gonna come from. No, he, I think Duff has done quite well. I think he he changed shape tonight and I actually said to one of the last last week like he's gonna get better as as he has more video evidence of, of kinda of teams. He doesn't know the league too well and he made a slight change. He went three in the middle where we played two in the middle of the last three games and he brought Brian McManus in toy at the coil and the, and A Dervin. And I thought we had like done like Dirty have the best attacker in the league, nearly. Like. And I thought we just cifle them. They, they didn't have a chance. They barely looked like they were going to score. And they all home to Dirty. Like, you have to be happy with that. And the goalkeeper makes... Look, he, he came in for some criticism off the fans, I think. But obviously, I'm said to having said, Clark, he was behind them. And, and it is a bit of a... I don't know, stuff is like going to be too clever, bringing in a new young keeper. But in like, one of the best goalkeepers in the league. For me, there's no need to do that. But he try, he so this is uh, Lewis Webb yeah, who they brought in yeah. from Swansea. He kind oh. of dives early and I think he, he expected a kind of a bullet header and it did, was a kind of a weak header and he dived a bit early and he kind of was down too low and he partied it, I think, from where I was looking at. Um, but yeah, we done well and then we our goals are going to, we're going to struggle to score with the, with the forward players we have but Connor Cain's go down left wing back but he, like the system and the style of play he's playing, I think it's quite enjoyable to watch as it as a weaker team in the league, like we're a bottom four team. At the end of the day, people talk about us being full time this and full time that. We're not. We've trained in the morning and he got rid of the players we got rid of from last year because they weren't fit enough. Like the lads were run all day. Like I think a lot was expected of but I, I think. We're happy as you said. Someone I don't know if Johnny said about Ian Morris, if he was there with four games in four points on the board, like yeah, we drew with UCD and Bruce Rotterdam, yeah. but they're the teams we should be getting points against or be expected to get points against. I think like the argument against is obviously
1: that the lads who left were fit enough to win and no, to get promoted from the
0: first sure. division no, last year. Sure. look at look at it. Georgie Poynton was a fan favourite and he played center midfield yeah. last year where's he playing this year but it. he's back right back because he's not good enough to play center midfield. and
3: Shane, what you'd say about um, the goalkeeping situation very much interests me. I, and I know this might sound a bit crazy given that he's like 32 or 3, but I actually think Brendan Clark is underrated as a goalie. I think he's a really, really good goalkeeper. And for me, he definitely he definitely had a gamble not starting him at the start of the season because of his experience as well as his quality. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I
4: said this after, after the week one show, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to me... He can cover himself in glory the first night either, so he didn't and it, it's but to be honest with you, I'm I'm making the point less so on on uh doubts around Lewis Webb, just more so on the lack of doubts around Brendan Clark. I mean he's yeah you talk you talk about safe bare hands. You don't really get any safer like I mean, you know, not only be be where you're You're
1: gone again, Shane. Oh
4: he's just can you hear me? Yes. He's just that sort of positive influence um, around the place. And I, I think uh, uh, I, I think to me it would be a no-brainer for, for, for to get him back into the goal for a couple of weeks or, well, for the rest of the season, in my opinion. I I, I, I can't see how he's out of that side.
1: Sure, what you're saying uh, there then about the system, like the easy thing in a way for Damien Duff, I don't think uh, from the little bit I see and know of Damien Duff's personality was ever going to happen. But the easy thing would have actually been to have shells as this, free-flowing, open team that entertained everybody and everyone got excited about Damien Duff, the manager. But actually, he's being realistic. You're playing against Derry, who you know are currently top of the league. It would have been insanity. And we would have been hammering for, for naivety if he'd gone out and really tried to bring the game to him. That actually, the way he sets up defensively, conservatively for these first few games is the way to go. It is. It
4: is, and even more so when you look at the players that he has at his disposal. You know, um, no, no. He's he, look. They're 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 going about it in in probably the only way that they can at the moment. I mean, I don't know whether they can. What sort of money is there? Whether they can dip back into the into the transfer market kind of later in the year in terms of trying to improve things in the final third. But at the moment, at the moment, Shell's priority is probably right. Can we nick a couple of one nils here and there? And I, I can understand yeah. why.
1: Shane Kennedy, who's uh, on the line as
0: well, Shell's fan. Shane,
1: is that is that your sense that what Shane Keegan will be saying that, yeah, you know, after, that, that after the first round of fixtures,
0: you'll uh, expect a little bit more. Yeah. I think Whelan and Kerrigan are going to be if they're finished. I don't know where Rovers looking a bit light up front. I think they're probably going to give them more money than they kind of require. But they're like, where where do you get the players in July from? Maybe contacts. I thought often we had a bit more contacts in the UK. <laughs> it looked like. What? What I'm
1: laughing for? <laughs> you thought you were going to be getting the uh, the, the loans from Chelsea? I don't know. Yeah, I don't.
0: That was one thing I was going to, maybe thought you might have a few contacts at Celtic or something. But that hasn't happened. Maybe that might happen in July. Yeah. I don't know. Alan Kelly's maybe back that. on the line. Alan, Alan, you're the one who feels. Don't that the you know.
1: Goals are coming from uh, Shane. Isn't Shane isn't being isn't quite as uh, concerned as you are?
5: No, way. and I actually completely agree with Shane on what he said. Um. I I'm I genuinely am just more worried in where we're going to find the goals from. I do agree with everything you said in relation to how we kind of limited Derry to chances tonight at the same time. As us not having a shot on target, I don't remember Derry having a shot on target, which is obviously a very good sign. Um, as you said, us being uh, a, a bottom four side, as you said, <laughs> I, do, I do think there is a lot of potential there for us to go to go to go above that, haven't seen the lights of draw at the UCD than Harps. Um, but outside of that, I just thought he'd pop back in to say, I do agree with Shane where he's coming from.
1: Johnny, I think what Alan is saying is he believes they can go from being a sleeping giant to a giant. It, to a giant.
3: My <laughs> <laughs> wish. my <I> wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, well, I wish. I, I think Alan Keane called going. Oh, you know, I did a sleeping giant on the LOI highlight show, which is incredible considering we achieved absolutely nothing ever. Really, like we won the we won the FAI Cup in nineteen ninety one. That was like I was what. Eight years of age, or something. We've done absolutely nothing since. And um, so, like, if we're if we're asleep and dying, I don't know what shells are. But it, it's gonna be. It's gonna take time. And certainly Joey O'Brien, uh, they're new to management, and they have a lot of new players in. It's a difficult league, Nathan. Uh, you know, Owen Doyle has come in from League One, where he going regularly. regular. He hasn't scored in four games, and it's it's not it's not the, simp- the simplest league to just like take over straight away. And uh, I, I I'd be looking at shells as more of a long term project.
1: All right, Alan, Shane, thanks a lot. Always a pleasure Cheers. to talk about Damian Duff Shelburne. And I do call Cheers, in again, you are listening nice to League of Ireland, Ireland late night. It is Nathan, Shane, and Johnny with you as always. If you missed any of it, if you're just joining us late, uh, you were grabbing a pint after the game or. You were watching the first half of an hour of the late, late show and thought, actually, the better of it, and wanted to hop on with us. It will be up as a podcast in full tomorrow morning on the OTB Sports app on Off the Ball. So just get onto that, and uh, you can get it every Monday morning, and you can have a full listen back if you miss any of it. But we want to get to a couple more callers, and I want to go to Connor, who is a Drawhead United fan and is the happiest man on the show tonight. I'd imagine, Connor. You there, Connor? Don't let me down. I
4: think you're on mute, Connor.
1: Connor H, this is your time. Drahada awaits. You're hey, muted. There, you're unmuted. You there, Connor?
3: Connor actually, the chairman who tonight um, got the record <laughs> proud in it because he got everyone in for free and he's, they'll all be back next week, Connor. Can you
4: hear us, Connor?
1: Well, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's happening for Connor right now. We'll see if we can get him on again in a couple of minutes. Uh I was out in town on Monday night for Drahida against Rovers, and obviously Rovers won the game, and Jack Byrne was the story afterwards, and was the only real story. I, I gotta say, Shane, I was really impressed with Drahida and their style of football. And again, going away from home against the champions, you know, got it down got lots of men inside the rovers half some really good quality passing uh you know again first 20 minutes you know created a couple of chances certainly deserving of their goal as well and i'm not surprised to see that result tonight at home against ucd considering the way they approached the game on monday night against rovers yeah and that
9: that... oh we can hear you connor go on connor go on good sorry about that yeah i had to pull in off the road there didn't want to get pulled up proper Uh, order that's it yeah no we were really good tonight we had a great crowd in obviously that which was terrific um i mean just a which and i'm hoping they're all going to come back next week when we play sligo um but it was uh no it was a really good night and and uh great to see some goals i thought ucd were really good as well they've got some wonderful footballers kerrigan is outstanding he's a terrific talent um but uh darren markey for us i think he's just such a good footballer like he's a joy to watch and he was brilliant tonight and sean rowan is the one really if i was you know one player to watch going forward we have him on loan from lincoln and he's a rolls royce of a footballer i mean he's only know, 17 18 um and uh he, he is just superb if anyone gets a chance to see him this season this guy's a future irish international like i mean we're blessed to have him for you know with the, this season for on loan but really what a talent this kid is unbelievable
3: the bringing in those players alone has been a a team across the league. Obviously, your former manager has been doing it at Pats. But uh, I was delighted for Kev D'Arc tonight. I think he's one of the nicest guys in the league. Uh, You gave him the job with Derrick Doyle. Um, You
9: obviously believe in the two of them going forward. They're they're two of the best guys you could want to work with. They have a smile on their face. They've created this wonderful atmosphere around the club. They've enhanced a lot of stuff around the club. I'm thrilled for Kev tonight as well. Uh, Of course, he was... You know, I saw him after the game and he's scurrying because he's like, oh, why do we concede that cold and everything? But cause that's typical. But he was, uh, I was thrilled for him tonight. And I must say, again, we had a great crowd in, but our ultras, you know, the—you the, know our, our ultras in there and the fans just sang their hearts out for 90 minutes and it created a great atmosphere. And right in the middle of it, you won't like me saying this, Killian Phillips, who we sold to Crystal Palace somewhere, you know, um, arrived in and uh, ended up in the middle of all the ultras waving flags as well. <laughs> So we had a really gas night with him, but it was a cracking night. It was, it was a lovely evening and um, the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just a brilliant advert for the league world, I thought. Connor, can I ask, well, what, what was the thinking behind the initiative? What, what, what sparked the idea to, to, to give the free entry? Yeah, well, two things. Well, One, the first thing was we promised during the pandemic that when you know, life was back to normal, that we would have a free game for everybody. So that was the first thing. So we're f- fulfilling a promise. Secondly, and I mean this with greatest respect, we never have a full house against UCD, right? Let, that's that's true, right? We all know that. And uh, so we know there was capacity in there. And I just thought it was a good chance um to you know to try and attract uh A, say thank you to frontline workers and all the people who, who you know stood by us during the pandemic, B to try and attract new supporters. And I just hope that there's people who came tonight and looked at it and said, what a great night! Uh, you know, we saw goals, we saw entertainment, we saw singing, we saw everything. And they think I'll come back and watch again against Sligo. And hopefully, there's some kid going home tonight in the car with his dad going, "Dad, that was amazing. Can we go again next week?" Absolutely. That, that's a lovely thing to do. I think, like, little gestures
3: like that actually mean a lot. And, you know, you didn't get the, the gate receipts tonight. But as you say, people will go home with a smile on their face. You see in Sligo, they indoctrinate, like, North Korea when babies are born. They give them a jersey in the local hospital. And in Galway tonight, like, there were so many kids at the game. They enjoyed it. And, like, I, I think, you know, if, if clubs could have days where, like, everyone with a non-Irish passport gets in for free, stuff like that. Get, you know, non-nationals coming into the games. And like what
9: you did tonight, I think everyone, long-term, I think it's a great Idea. Jesus Johnny, you've just given me a brilliant idea. I'm <laughs> gonna borrow that one. That's that's my next one, right? All non- three
3: are the non-nationals. That's,
9: that's a brilliant idea, actually. It really, it's a genuinely. Connor, idea. The, the other, the, the one other thing that's,
4: that that strikes me, I'm just looking at, the, at at the goal scores and looking at the lineup tonight. We're we're kind of bemoaning. Um, the lack of, of, of out-and-out centre-forwards, the lack of, of, of goal scorers, maybe, to a certain extent, there earlier on. And, like, you've got not one, but you've got two players who could literally only be described as foxes in the box, because they oh, are that- they are surely the two best amongst the two best poaching
9: finishers uh, in the league there with, the, with with Dean Williams and Chris Lyons. Oh, they were brilliant. Uh, I mean, Chris, look, Chris is a nightmare to play against. I pity any defender playing against him. But two great goals tonight. I mean, one of them's an absolute belter, a curler. Deegan, Deegan scored a super goal as well. But, you know, Dean Williams is this super talent who you know we all know how good he was at Shamrock grovers we're blessed to get him and he's his movement and everything is super so there's look there's loads of talent in the squad and when we brought on people like darren huge and dale rooney and others and we still have ryan brennan not fit and we've sam Long, the keeper you know we've got uh, keith Cowan came back tonight and and uh and again adam foley so there's like there's a lot of talent in the squad but you need that over a season like that's the big thing but i have mm-hmm. to say ucd I think they played beautiful football. It was nice, great to see Andy Minor back in the United Parket, and uh, there's some real, there's some real talent there as well. Like there's a lot of really, really I mean, Kerrigan, got I could watch him all day. I think he's he scored a stunning goal. Honestly, when you see it? You know, yeah. So
3: yeah saying that uh, Brendan Clark has come in as a listener, should we fill him with all the love again while he's listening now, and just say that we think <laughs> he's great? We won't embarrass him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He'll be gone with it about uh, three seconds. Uh, Connor, thanks for coming on, and as you say, I think. Yeah. Uh, watch back the highlights of that game because there were several brilliant goals uh, yeah, in that the show, game. Lads, by the way, it's brilliant. Thanks Cheers.
9: Again.
1: See you. Uh, Gary Deegan scored a smashing goal from the edge of the area. Here's one that we can uh, debate up next week. Has Gary Deegan got the best beard in Irish football?
3: The hell of a beard. Like, you can easily see, like, little bird having a nest in it. He's, uh... and, and it's said to me after the Rovers game, the the night Gary Deegan is finished, I watched him at shelf at the end of the season before last. And to me, he looked gone at the game at that stage. And he was actually a totally inspired signing by Tim Clancy. Tim Clancy knew him from his own play days. He was massive for Drogheda last season. And uh, he's just such a leader on the pitch as well. He's a bit demented on the pitch. He's mad. But a uh, massive win for Drogheda tonight.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. that you are listening to league of ireland late night it is nathan murphy shane keegan and johnny ward with you every friday night at 10 o'clock throughout the league of ireland season if you missed any of it you can listen back to the podcast from tomorrow morning just download the otb sports app and you'll get that there let's run through a couple more callers very quickly because we're over well, over an hour at this stage and i want to go to dan o'carroll who i think is a shamrock rovers fan are you dan unmute yourself there dan Oh, he's gone. The Rovers fans have nothing to say for themselves tonight, unfortunately. Uh, let's go instead to Jake Davies. Uh, Jake, I'm not sure if you can hear us there. Hopefully uh, the technical gremlins are killing us tonight. Are you there, Jake? Speak up, please. Can you hear us there, Jake? Yeah. We're not getting Jake either. We're going to have to run on down through the list, I think. Dave Sheehan. Dave Sheehan. Next in line. Are you there, Dave? I don't know what the hell is happening. We're having uh, several Johnny Wards all at once is the only way I can describe it, I think, Shane. Shane.
4: You're on mute, there. I Dave. If you can come off, and you do seem to be come off, connected. come off there mute, there. there, Dave or Jake. Ah, there he,
3: is. there he is.
2: There we go. Phew. got somebody at last. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably just, I just caught the tail end of Connor there, so I might be duplicating what he said. Um, but yeah, a big win, a big win for Drogheda tonight. I was there, obviously myself. And um, three cracking goals. Gary Deegan's and Chris Lyons were, were both fantastic. But Kerrigan's, if you see it back probably a bit of a mix-up between um, Colin McCabe and Keith Cowan. I think Colin McCabe came out unnecessarily and got caught, but it was a brilliant, brilliant finish from Kerrigan. Um, But, you know, a a very important win for Drogheda. You don't want to go too long into the season without getting your first win, and it was a big one for them. So I'm sure Connor was delighted. They play good football as
1: well. Like, they're a good team. Yeah, it's
2: interesting, like what Johnny said there about Gary Deegan, like, from 10 minutes into the game he was down underneath us the ball went out for throw in and he was he was shouting at the lads the draw the lads to to take more time on the ball because they were getting more time and if you see Chris Lyons goal in particular he got the ball he had got time to turn and got the shot away so Gary Deegan like as Johnny said there like he's been he's been key for them and he's probably as you said there like somebody that maybe looked like he was at the end of his career a couple of years ago at Shelburne but last season and this season so far he's been inspirational for them and um, as as Connor mentioned getting a few lads back. Sam Long should be in contention next week. Kevin said so. I know they've got high hopes for him. Sean Rowan was fantastic tonight as well, uh, in on from Lincoln. He was really good. They got Keith Cowan in off the bench. He's back to fitness. So, you know, I think a lot of people were, were forecasting Roda would struggle this season. And you know, it's early days, but I thought they showed enough against Rovers the other night and, and again tonight to suggest that they'll they'll do okay. So, um, yeah, it, it was a positive night for them for sure.
1: I know you cover both teams up in the north east, David. Uh, there's a game tomorrow night, Sligo against the Dock. Dock win that? They're top of the league.
2: Yeah, well, I have to, I have to doff my cap to Adrian Taff who covers the more than me. But yeah, certainly it's it's been a, it's been a mad start for the Two two all draws and and a win last week against Finn Harps when they could have probably been a couple of goals down early in that game. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a cracking game. Sligo started them, themselves quite well too. So yeah, tomorrow night's going to be going to be a very interesting one and. I think there's there's a lot of teams early on now in this stage of the season that can kind of high hopes, so it's it's shaping up to be a, a fascinating season. So what-
3: what Shane, what Shane said there about shells, about like, uh, you know, shells will be better in the second half of the season. I think a lot of managers are thinking that about their team, including Stephen O'Donnell, who'll be like, well, i brought in quite a few new players here, um, and these players are going to improve. I imagine hats are the same, bows can only be the same, because they have a lot of new players in. And a lot of managers are thinking, we're going to improve, we're going to improve. And like, if go top would be bonkers at this stage, after the start that they had to go top, um, crazy stuff, and Stephen O'Donnell will be delighted. It's a tough game to call tomorrow night, I think, Nathan.
1: All right, Dave, thanks a lot for joining in. We'll go to our last caller then of the night on League of Ireland Late Night. Luke Jennings is with us. How
10: are you keeping, Luke? Welcome along to League of Ireland Late Night. Not too bad, How How's you getting on?
1: What were you watching tonight?
10: Oh, I was at Richmond Park. I was watching Rovers' pats so as the Rovers fan.
1: And uh, what's your assessment then, Rovers? Four games in, two defeats already?
10: Yeah, it's, uh, it's not what I would have hoped initially for... Um, we, we had a lot of the ball, but we just seemed to... We we seem to keep possession and a lot in the safe areas. We don't really penetrate defenses when we have the ball. We we kind of pass it around the back, bring it out wide. There's no see Gaffney drops deep, so there isn't really an outlet in the box, and we kind of just recycle the ball until it goes out for a throw-in or a corner, and then so on, so on. So yeah, it's just it's a bit deflating. Like um, we've Jack Byrne, um, Graham Burke isn't getting his game, but when he came on tonight, he was our best player. And uh, yeah, I'm just as Johnny you said in the past. Like, uh, there's a lot of big personalities in this rowers dressing room. And it's just a matter a matter of keeping everyone happy. And I feel like right now, the results aren't right. And uh, there's a lot of big players on the bench. Luke, can I can I challenge you then? So so if you're sure. if you're Stephen Bradley right now,
4: and you have got a big, obviously you've got a massive game next weekend, particularly on the back of the current results. Um. So so, Richie Towell Richie Towles, Jack Byrne, Danny Mandreo, Graham Burke, like what? How many of those? Is, how many of those is in your starting eleven? Where are you? Where are you putting them? What? What? How do you try and? How do you make the most out of these
10: embarrassment riches? See, I think the issue lies. Um, I feel like some players are in our team on merit. Like, um, for example, like Danny mandreo has been great for us last season, but on Monday he did not play well against Rod and he got taken off, and Graham Burke came on and scored. However, tonight Graham Burke was on the bench and Danny Mandreo started again. So does. I'm not saying everyone should be starting, but I just feel if somebody doesn't perform in a certain game, then the next player should be given a chance. And I feel like that's where the trouble lies, you know?
1: Shen, is there not an argument for starting them all? Like you're the best team in the league, you've got strength all over the park, that you do sacrifice a player elsewhere and add another attacking talent in so that like, they have more possession than anyone else. That when you get the ball, actually you're bringing it more into the final third than in the middle third, where a lot of it seems to be at the moment.
4: You know, I think the only way of getting all four of them into the team, obviously, is is if you do go back to a four two three one, and and you literally play three of those four as your your three behind your centre forward, and then you play Richie Howell as one of your two centre mids, um, alongside let's say uh, Gary O'Neill, and even that means dropping dropping somebody like Dylan Watts and and will they will they start tripping over each other like will they start getting in each other 's way like really probably the only way to do that would be if is if Jack pleases the out out ten and you have Graham Burke and Danny Mandreo either side of them drifting into those pockets or playing as tucked in tucked in wingers if that makes sense i don 't know could they try it? <laughs> Look, I think you'd probably maybe get away with it against the bottom half teams being that kind of all-out attack. Um, would I chance it against Bose? No, I think that'd probably be a bit too much attack and talent, but they probably do need to find a way to get three of the four of them into the team um, if they could, at least. I think all four might be slight overkill.
10: I don't think I don't think Bradley's going to change the system like he's been playing this way since 2019. And um, the possible thing he was doing towards the end of last season was he was starting with Graham Burke up top and sort of playing him in the false nine role. So that could be an option too. Do you know, I'm Luke? Thinking. How big is the game on Friday now? Because you imagine both fans will be given absolute dogs
3: abuse to all these Rover's players. And like it, you know, it was a cauldron for the cup game last
10: season. It was a horrible atmosphere. Like how big a game is this? It's, it hangs in the balance completely. Like, if we lose to, on Friday night against Bose, we have, will have lost more games, more than we've won after five games, which is a disaster considering how big our budget is and the fact that we're reigning champions. It's a must-win. There's no question about it. You've already sold 6,000 uh, tickets for Tala already. Like, it's a huge game. Everyone knows the value. We, we must win if we are to win the league this season. Because, you know, like, Derry have had, uh, finished in the top four last year. They've got a half a new squad. And Derry have their two points ahead of us. And everyone was going to say, oh, Derry, we're going to bet in their new squad. But they they beat us. They're two points ahead of us. So what happens when Derry start to get a settled 11? And they they could be gone. So we just need to, I know we're not playing well, René. We need to get some points on the board and just stay in the mix until the summer. And we need a striker, in my opinion.
1: I think next Friday's League of Ireland late night is going to be tasty after Rovers and Bows at a packed Thales Stadium. Luke, thanks for hopping on League of Ireland late night. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. Cheers. We're pretty much done. But, Johnny, are you still with Julian, Canny?
3: We are indeed, Julian. Do you want
1: to say, Ju- Ju- Julian's waited 40 minutes last week. He's been stuck with you in the car all this week. Life is pretty grim for Julian right now, let's be honest. But no, Go that, United won.
8: It's a, oh, no, it's Go it's United the, drew, the,
1: sorry. 2 0 down. They drew to all. But four points
8: in the only two games. you got to be happy, Julian. It, it felt like a win to me, Nathan, because I missed the first 15 minutes of the game thanks to Johnny. We were 1-0 down when I got in. What did so you do this up time? Up to 75 minutes I saw, we won 2-1, so...
3: Well, sorry, that's actually not what happened at all. So, I had arranged that we'd get in to the car park. Uh, I was let down, even though the Bongarda, I actually recognised her from years back. And she said, Yeah, no problem at all. Drive in. And then that didn't happen. And of course, my selfishness came in. I was like, Oh, Julian, that's terrible. All the best. I'm going into the game. You can park 15 minutes away. And Julia missed a goal lap for a four and a half hour drive from Dublin.
1: And can I ask you where you recognise the Bangarda from? Um, Copper.
3: Yeah, you, you can ask.
1: Ooh. That is all. <laughs> Coppers, CPs. Oh, but <laughs> you, Julian
3: was Julian was very uh, he was very uh, kind of selfless. We're we're on the drive back now, and uh, I don't know, Julian. Like we're, we're we're we've we've high hopes for the season ahead now.
8: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I th- I think on paper you looked at the first two games: your way to Cork and then home to Waterford, you were on the team looked like they were going to be our two challengers. We got four points in those games. We could have easily beaten Waterford tonight now. As Johnny said earlier, it was a real game in two halves. At half time, we looked desperate. And you were going to think, "These Waterford are just going to win this walk the league." But um, but now in the second half, like they've a lot of experienced players, but they're quite um, I think they're quite slow at the back. Like that Eddie Nolan playing and Anthony Wordsworth, who kind of ran the game for them, but he's quite slow. And so they conceded the two against us tonight. They conceded two against Athlone as well. So I'm not sure. Um, how good Waterford are either. But like I'm delighted that we've got four points in those two games and we're playing Bray next week now. And we know obviously Bray the week off now, but there's definitely a chance we beat them and then we've got it right up there at the top and uh, yeah, confident for the season now so I think
3: Alan Patchell, the referee, is, is listening in as well, Nathan, and uh you won't have the time to answer Alan, but you should have sent words off. You should have given him a second yellow yeah, that is all
1: as long as the referee in Finn Harps isn't listening in, I think we're all going to be all right. That's the main. There's thing, no, Johnny. there's
3: no way to get
4: this on TalkSport, Sport, Nathan. There's no way the referees are listening in to Talk Sport in the UK. This is where we,
3: this is where we trump them.
1: All right, well, that I think is pretty much it for this week's League of Ireland late night. Julian and Johnny, safe trip back to Dublin.
3: Thanks, Nathan. All the best. Thanks,
1: uh, Shane Keegan. Thank you as always.
4: Cheers, Nathan.
1: Thank you to everybody who called in once again tonight on League of Ireland late night. We're back every Friday night live on the Off the Ball Twitter Spaces from 10 o'clock. Remember, it is your show. It is your phone in. We want the listeners on. We want the supporters on giving your opinions. Just click that little request button down on the bottom left-hand side and you can come on live with us any Friday night. And I think next Friday night is going to be a big one with that Rovers-Bows clash at Tallis Stadium. If you missed any of it, if you logged on late, the full show is going to be up as a podcast tomorrow morning.